rebuilding job. Energy. You know, glad to see you. Hello. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. I'm joined by Todd and Dakota. Let's start out with our boy Todd out there in San Diego. He's at TC underscore Kasho. How are you, Todd? Gentlemen, any day that you get to have a conversation about Spurs is a good day. And uh, today is one of those, so I can't complain, man. I'm doing great. It's true. It's true. Dakota's back as well. We haven't heard from Dakota in a little while at Dakota J Booth. Uh, Dakota, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm back from my my beach vacation. Uh, you know, it, timely. I'm back before the first first match day, which is all that really matters, right? Yeah, as I mean, I'm, I'm, as we're I'm learning, af- I'm afraid that we're you know you're going to need a little bit of, of training to get you up to speed, and and <laughs> we might have to start you on the bench for 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 match day one, but but we'll see. You can probably come off come off the bench at, at sixty or seventy minutes. We'll see how it goes. Sounds good to me. <laughs> we are uh, a shorter episode today. We're previewing Manchester City later on in the podcast. Uh, Joe Lucia from awfulannouncing.com will join me to uh, talk about it. He is a Manchester City obsessed fan. So uh, I brought him on to, to kind of give us the lowdown on what to expect for Sunday and kind of what to expect for Manchester City as a whole. We talked a lot about um, those kinds of things. You'll hear that uh, toward the end of this episode. But before we do that, um, wanted to touch on a few other things before we specifically preview the game on Sunday. And one of those things is the Harry Kane conversation that's kind of surrounding everything around Tottenham Hotspur right now. And all of a sudden there are reports and rumors and, you know, there's bluster that Harry Kane might end up signing a new contract with Tottenham Hotspur, which just would have sounded preposterous about three weeks ago or even maybe a week ago. So, um, you know, Todd, what are your thoughts on Harry Kane, new long-term deal at Tottenham? <laughs> um, I think it's a payday for Charlie Kane, and I think it's a way to get a uh, release <laughs> clause into the contract. So the when the coffers are full again at Real Madrid, they can pay 300 million pounds, and Harry Kane can go to Spain. Uh, that sounds all pretty simple. Is, all of this is directly business related and nothing more. I mean, it's it's like the idea of like, oh, Kane gets a new contract. It's pre- this is just to solidify a release clause and a route to get out. And obviously, another three piece suit for Charlie, right? I mean, that would be the most important <laughs> thing. Or maybe a new maybe a new motorbike to go in his a office new office motorbike, most likely. Yes, yeah, something of that sort. Uh, Dakota, if Harry Kane is just like extracting more wages out of Daniel Levy to, to then bolt in another 12 months. Do you have a problem with that? Is that a big deal? Well, yeah. Well, the first thing that Charlie King needs to buy with all that money is a level so he can put <laughs> pictures in a way that makes sense on the wall behind him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a PR move, right? That's what it, the fan base is. And I guess on some level, the, players are starting to turn on Harry Kane. So what's a way to make that look a little bit better, give him more money, make him quote unquote committed to the the team for longer. And, you know, I, I, a release clause makes sense in a restructured deal. Right. But we're hearing reports that that's not going to be part of this deal. So that doesn't make sense to me. 
Um, but you know, Dan, I, at this point I trust Daniel Levy with anything business related, um, uh, because he's shown that he deserves that trust. Um, I mean, look at the position that Tottenham Hotspur are in right now compared to 95% of the rest of the clubs in the world. We're sitting pretty right now. Uh, so I, I, I think it's total PR and the fans and the squad need to resist that as much as we can and not let Harry Kane off the hook for what he's done this last week and a half or so, assuming everything is true, assuming he didn't actually, he didn't show up to training when he was supposed to and, and all of that. But you know, if this week was, was planned and that everything happened as it meant to, which is a little hard to, to believe giving no one made a statement until, you know, conveniently after Jack Grealish was signed and given the number 10 at Manchester city, um, then, you know, that puts things in a different light, but yeah, it's just a PR move and we need to act like it didn't happen and keep the pressure on Harry Kane to either get out of here or, you know, assuming like work with the team that wants you to pay the amount of money that you are worth to us or buckle up and kiss the badge when you score a goal. Before, Suck it you know, up buttercup. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can kiss your wedding ring first, by all means, kiss sure. your wedding ring, but then kiss the badge uh, and show us you're committed. You know, the interesting thing we did, and we didn't even really touch on this on our last podcast about that statement that Harry Kane delivered. It, it was such, it felt like gaslighting to me. It felt like blaming fans for something that, that contrived bullshit is what it yeah, felt like. Yeah. It, it was, it, what it felt I, like is that Harry Kane wasn't anywhere near that statement and it was written by his team and it was uh like the majority of things that his team has done this window, fucking terrible. So uh I I mean if we are where we are with that. I don't <clears throat> I look at this very simply in the sense that from his team's perspective, I can completely understand trying to get paid after you just score the most goals and get the most assists in the Premier League in the same season and your team finishes seventh. Like, I understand the frustration. Right. Like, I, I can't argue with that when Ruben Diaz gets the God-blessed player of the year just because fuck Harry Kane, it's really felt like. <laughs> like, I can, I can understand you wanting to change your circumstances, but you did it poorly. It didn't work out in your favor. You tried to bluff when you literally had zero leverage to do so. So it didn't work out. So now you've got one or two choices, which is either shut up and go to work and just play under the circumstances that you're in. Or if you truly feel as though you're being undercut, restructure this deal, sign up for Spurs for the next foreseeable future, and then really solidify yourself as that guy, as the Alan Shearer of our generation and move on. There is a third option that is a really, really, really sucky one for us um, where because he is not yet 29 years old, he can buy out the remainder of his contract and leave and go wherever he wants to for free. So basically Harry Kane would give Tottenham Hotspur $30 million, 30 million pounds, and he's out of his contract. Uh, but this is the last time that he can do that, which would suck and would be absolutely the most, you know, the most anti Harry Kane move I, I think on the planet. Uh, yeah, I don't think he would do feel, that. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a, even a even a. But, but that option is is on. The what makes you think Harry Kane has thirty million thirty million pounds? I mean, he can. Oh, oh, Harry Kane has thirty million pounds. <laughs> the motor the motorbike alone is is probably worth <laughs> I mean, you know twenty right. right? Mm, Charlie, <laughs> um, you know, I. 
The only reason why I say that is I don't necessarily know. I mean, sure, could you leverage that versus like, could you get out a loan? Could Harry Kane make 30 million pounds happen to buy out his contract? Sure. But I don't necessarily think Harry Kane is 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 rolling in the dough the way that we think that, that he might be. I honestly think that this is a legitimate big push for him to make the top tier Lewandowski money, right? Because right now he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it, he's not a lot even going to play he, out. Yeah, he's not even the highest paid member on Tottenham Hotspur at the right. moment with Youngman's son's new contract. So, which is the other thing too? Like maybe this new contract just puts him back over Sunny wage wise, and right. that shuts him up at least for another twelve months. And like you said, he goes and kisses the badge. I mean, do we really think he's that petty, though? Do we really think it's about like being the highest paid no. player at Tottenham? I don't I, see. No, I don't think it's about the, that. What but... this doesn't add up to me is that all of this seems extremely out of character for Harry Kane. Consummate professional, first one in, last one yep. out. You're one of our own. Kisses the badge, says the right thing. Hometown girl, like been with the same girl since he was nine years old. Like you know, stayed where he's from, and like all of it. Like none of what has gone on, or to be fair, Andrew. What is none of what has been reported to have gone on? No, I'm simply saying like so much of this is fucking hyperbole at this point in time. All that we know yes. is Harry Kane got back to training about four days later than some of his colleagues. Right. That's literally those are the facts. Right. Everything well, else that and, went in is all that has been narrative that has been inserted from external sources. And to your point, and I said this like a week and a half ago on a podcast. We don't know because Harry Kane hasn't spoken. The only thing that we've gotten is that statement that we don't think was written by him, but still he doesn't get to, he doesn't get off the hook. If it wasn't written for him, it's written by his people. It's got his name on it, his picture on it. Like it still is from him and he has to wear the, the, that the terribleness of what that statement was. He does have to wear that, but we haven't really heard from Kane. You're right. And, and to your point about, you know, consummate professional and kissing the badge and been with the same woman for, 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 for however long and family, man, all of that is true. But also at the same time, we don't really know that much about Harry Kane. We just know that he has a football obsessed brain. We don't, we, he doesn't really, he doesn't really open up as much as a player like Youngman's son even does, or like, you know, like Deli Alley does, or, I mean, think about back, even going back to the Amazon documentary, we didn't get a ton from Harry Kane personally in that doc. We got more from yep. players like Lucas Mora, uh, even more from players like Tongi and Dombele, who is quiet as hell. I mean, we got more from those types of players in that doc alone than we did from Harry Kane. But I mean, I think that's the brand. Though, I, I agree right? with you. I agree yeah. with you. But but I think from a from a personal and personality standpoint, I think the only thing we know about Harry Kane is that he is football obsessed. And that's great. We love that in our team and we want that, but we don't really know what makes him tick other than wanting to play football and wanting to do it at the highest level. We don't really know if he is an asshole that would do this kind of thing. And we don't really know if he, if he is a guy who would get, who would gaslight. So I just, all of that's going to play out um, and, and we'll see. And, you know, Nuno says he's available. So I fully expect him to come off on, on Sunday and, and score the, the winner in the 80th minute. So we'll see how that happens. Um, before the, we get to – go ahead. Uh, I just I, – I was reminded of a tweet that says uh, when Harry Kane scores on Sunday, it's going to be the first to ever uh, pre-joining a team hushed celebration. 
Uh, and it just made me chuckle. He's just going <laughs> to score and then slowly walk back to the center, the center of the pitch. <laughs> Uh, before we talk about the game on Sunday, I just wanted to touch on Dennis Serkin going to Sunderland. Um, uh, you know, I know Dakota has a lot of thoughts on this. We, there's been rumors of a buyback clause that is good for like another three years. It's only what a six million pound buy, buyback clause or something yep. like that. So, Dakota, fill us in on this and fill us in on your thoughts. Yeah. So I was, I wouldn't say concerned, but maybe a little bit surprised when I heard this rumor starting to float around a few days ago of. Dennis Serkin moving to Sunderland uh, on a permanent deal, you know, rather than a loan and seeing the, the, you know, the details of the deal that we know so far, like you mentioned, a 6 million pound buyback clause, that's good for another three years. And I think we get a hefty sell on fee as well. Something like half of the fee that he's sold for. If we don't choose to execute that buyback clause, Um, this is what, a glorified loan deal looks like people that were calling Sergio Regulon's deal last year, a glorified buyback or glorified loan. That's not what that is. When you have a buyback uh, clause for, you know, upwards of 25 million pounds, that's not a loan deal. 6 million pounds buyback clause loan is a loan deal. I, you know, look at three years from now, we're going to have a, what a 32 year old Hyungman's son on the team. Uh, we might have a 31 year old Harry Kane. I don't know how old Lucas Moore is, but he looks like he's probably going to be 87 in three <laughs> years. Um, you know, uh, Steven Bergvine's future at the club is kind of uh, questionable at the moment. Brian Heal, we don't know what he has in the Premier League yet. So I think. What makes the most sense is we've got we now have three years to move Ryan Sessegnon up the pitch into an attacking role, uh, and in a couple of years' time, when Dennis Serkin has been playing, hopefully not in League Two for the whole three years. I hope, I hope Sunderland is able to to you know get promoted, um, and I hope that I hope their Netflix documentary is still going on. It's really great. Um, but we've got this window now to move Ryan Sessegnon up the pitch to get him into a goal-scoring range uh, and then bring Dennis Serkin back when Ben Davis is, you know, older and slower uh, than he is currently. And we have ourselves a backup left back who is homegrown. And if we are going to be the club that Daniel Levy says that he wants us to be, you know, focusing on our own homegrown talent. This is what this looks like. Moving on someone with high potential who hasn't really worked out, hasn't been able to break into the first team, move him on to a team that hopefully should be competing for a promotion spot and let him see what he's doing there and be able to bring him back on the cheap and put him into a first team opportunity in the colors that he grew up playing in. It's a, I think a perfect scenario for what's going on. And I could be totally wrong. And that's not the thought process at all, but you don't put a $6 million buyback clause, 6 million pound buyback clause. If you don't at least think that he could have the potential to have a breakthrough season to be able to come back and contribute in Lily white. 
No, I think I think that that's a good shout. I think that this is actually um, what a lot of Spurs fans have been calling for with other talent uh, around the club and, and not getting enough first team minutes in, in meaningful minutes in, in in games that, you know, getting buried in on the training grounds and under 23 matches like, you know, we're not we're not going to see this. Uh, you know, going forward under Paratici, I, I, I can promise you that. And I think that this mm-hmm. is a good example of exactly what that looks like right now. Well, and the other thing, too, is that three years in football is an eternity. Yeah, I mean, so is. many things can happen. I mean, three years ago, we were preparing for the start of a Champions League <laughs> run that would end us in a final. <laughs> and look Stop at where it. we are now. Stop so it. I'm just saying, like, three in three in another three years, we might be doing the same damn thing. And we might be bringing Dennis Serkin back to, to help as hey, part of like that. that. Um, you know, the, these things happen in waves. So three years is a long ass time in this game. Um, sometimes it's, it feels like three weeks can be a long time. So imagine three <laughs> years. Um, what is not, uh, you know, a long time away is this Sunday, uh, Manchester city start of the premier league season. Um, I guess, where do we go with this? How are we feeling? What's the lineup going to be? Um, what are expectations going into this one? Um, I think if there's any time that you want to be playing Manchester city, uh, it is at home to start the year when they've got a lot of different issues with guys coming back from Euros and Copa and injury and uh, and the like. Um, so I think this is the ideal time to, I think, at least get a point in this match, right? Um, Dakota, how are you feeling kind of about just the outlook of this match and, and what are your expectations for it? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's ne- it's it's rarely you know, fun leading up to a game against Manchester city. Although we have kind of been a bit of their bogey team uh, yeah. in recent years. They, so, I don't believe they've won at the, the Tottenham Hotspur stadium. I don't, I think you're right. Um, so, you know, if there's a time that we're going to play them, you know, match day one is as good as any time, you know, nobody really knows what they've got going into this season. And no one knows what this Tottenham Hotspur team is going to be because we have a new regime that's in town and everything is going to be kind of brand new. Uh, I don't think Harry Kane is going to play on Sunday. I don't even think he's going to come on as a sub. Um, I do you think he's in this. Do you think he's in the 20 man squad? Um, yeah, I think he'll be on the bench. I don't think he, I don't think he plays uh, in the match though, but I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for a point. Uh, but I, I'm expecting a, a 2-1 loss uh, to start the season. I can. I mean, that's – all right, that's fine. Um, I, think we get a, <laughs> I, I think we get a point. I think we get a point at least. Uh, you know, here's the thing. It's something that you brought up, Dakota, is, you know, we don't really know what they have. What I know that they have is just an ass ton of talent that they paid a shitload of money for <laughs> that is – would make everybody else's bench look ridiculous. Like, yes, Foden's hurt and he's not going to play. But, oh, well, you know, they got a healthy Riyad Mahrez. I think that guy might do a decent job in his stead. Like, the, the thing is is that there's an embarrassment of riches in an, an oil team like this. And so what do I expect? I expect the same thing that I always expect when um, we play a pep team. We're going to get outclassed on the flanks. We're going to get outclassed in the midfield and we're going to do our best to hold on and defend our asses off in the box and then try to hit them on the break. Just because Nuno's playing doesn't mean that that's going to change or Nuno's coaching doesn't mean that that's going to change really at all, simply because that's what pep teams force you to do. 
And so I definitely expect the same sort of thing this Sunday. But I think uh, realistically, um, we saw versus Leicester City, they're not fresh. We know that they are rotating. Um, so it's not nearly as crisp. And to your point, the best time to play a team like this that is only going to get stronger as the season wears on is early. So, I mean, if we can get them and, and get away with a point to start the season, I looked at the first five fixtures, fixtures um, and said 10 points. Uh, and so either we drop this game or we drop the, the Chelsea game. Uh, but one, I think we get points here. I think we lose to Chelsea. It's just me. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good shout. I mean, I think that we certainly – I would not be, like, devastated without a point, but I also won't say that I'm expecting a point. I'm kind of right in between that area. Um, mm. I, like, I, you know, I, I, I want the point. I think we can get the point. Um, I think three points is an absolute dream start, obviously, against a team like this and, and, and for where we are. So I think that would be great. Yeah. What about in terms of the 11? Do you guys – I kind of tend to think – that almost the the eleven that started against Arsenal goes right back in this Sunday. I mean, I, I know that sounds a little bit silly because we're talking about like a Dyer Sanchez center back pairing, and it sounds and, like we watched the Jose Mourinho team be ridiculously predictable for about eighteen months. Is what yeah, like. well, and the other thing is we haven't really heard anything on Jaffa Tanganga. We're recording this uh, Wednesday night in in the U.S., so more may come out later in the week as you listen, but. Um, Jaffa Tanganga obviously took a knock at the end of the, the preseason friendly. Um, so maybe it's Matt Doherty instead of Tanganga. Uh, may, hell, maybe it's Serge Aurier because he's the one that ended up uh, ended up coming on for, 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 for Tanganga. Are we going to go Raheem Sterling v. Matt Doherty? Oh. I hope not, but, you know, I would much uh, rather it be Jaffa Tanganga the way he played. But um, I guess the only the only – other possible change that I might see is if Oliver Skip doesn't get the start in favor of Giovanni Lasso. But you know that's yep. pretty much. It feels like to me the only other possible change, right? Uh, yeah, I disagree. I disagree personally. I think no. I, I think. Go ahead, Dakota. Yeah, I agree. So let, let me go real quick. I think it's going to be the same same lineup that we saw against Arsenal, except I think Giovanni Lasso comes in for Oliver Skip. Um, and I think that is purely a confidence thing. Um, not that Nuno doesn't have confidence in Oliver Skip to go out there and do a job, but I don't think putting a you know twenty-year-old first Premier League game, uh, first Premier League start against the champions who are going to do what Todd said, outclass us in every single uh, facet of the game. I, I think. Nuno wants to pump the brakes on that with Oliver Skip because he does have such potential and because he can be such a tool in that midfield and, uh, you know, give him a, a start somewhere else other than against Manchester city. So, uh, but other than that, I, I agree with you, Andrew, I think, and I think no news is good news on the Jaffet front. Uh, Actually, I, yeah. I think, I, agree about yeah, that. I, th- I think he'll, I think he'll play. I think he'll start. Um, but unfortunately it's going to be, Beside uh, Davidson Sanchez and Eric Dyer, see, I think I think that there uh, there's going to be a couple of changes. I think Skippy stays in. I, I honest to goodness, guys, like I understand, like like we're so used to treating our youth with kick gloves, but this guy beat the crap out of people up and down the championship last year. He's a man. 
I wouldn't even call it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say kid gloves. And I, I totally agree with what you're saying. What, what I would say is, I think the midfield looked a lot better when Hoybier came off last week for Lacelso. That's facts. that's my. And I love Peh, and I said that on the last pod yeah. is that the class of the midfield in 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 the match against Arsenal was clearly skipping. I think he has a monstrous season, and I don't think you see him sit. The other thing that I will say is I don't necessarily know from a fitness standpoint if Giovanni Lacelso is ready to go full ninety or ready to start. I really like him coming on in 60 minutes and giving me 30 minutes of magic. I'm not mad at that, especially after the beating and the barrage that we're going to take from City for the first hour of this match on Sunday. Um, I also don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility to see Romero. I I certainly think that he could, like I said, Andrew, about two pods ago, if you're sitting around and you're looking, well, you know, I got – Got to, got to figure out this pairing here, and I got Dyer, and I got Sanchez, and there's a Tanganga. And hey, who's that six four looking guy? Um, yeah, why don't you come and play for us? You know, like Romero plays, dude. Not, if he's healthy, he plays, and by all accounts, he's healthy. So, what I, about I mean, Joe Rodon? You're just I like I like Joey Rodon. I really, really do. You need to find the good pairing for him, or play a three if you're going to yeah. see him regularly. In my opinion, just based off of the way that Nuno's used him to this point in time. Now. It could simply be him like betting back in after the Euros, but I mean they didn't have yeah. a particularly long run. He's been back in camp for a minute. I, I yeah, don't know. I think the addition of two extra bench players, a twenty-man squad now as opposed to eighteen, is a big deal as well. It gives Nuno options. He can throw two more guys on the bench as substitute options. With that said, I think that where we end it here is kind of Dakota mentioned it. He thinks that Harry Kane doesn't play. Todd, what's your stance? Do you think he makes the bench? Do you think he comes on at all at, at all on Sunday? I just hope that Harry Kane is still a Tottenham player come Sunday. That's what I hope. So <laughs> well, as, it, long, I, as long as long as he's a Tottenham player on Sunday. After Sunday, mm. up in the air. Um. Well, listen. I think that I'll tell you this: if Harry Kane, Harry Harry Kane plays football. All things aside, Harry Kane plays football, and he gets played to play football. And if there's going to be a game for his team where it counts, I put money on the fact that Harry Kane's going to try to play football. That's what I'll say. That does uh, that does tend to be his mantra. It does tend to be, and it's also Harry tends Kane to be. Football. It also tends to be what's gotten him in trouble over the years is trying to play too much football. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Mm -hmm. This has been fun, guys. Uh, I look forward to the start of the season and the start of this podcast. Uh, Shout out to Matt Hayes at the Tottenham blog uh, for for, for shouting us out earlier today on Wednesday. Uh, For any of you new listeners, uh, we love Matt and he's great. And, you know, thanks for yeah his lives are epic and and thanks for thanks for tuning in to us uh and giving us a chance we hope uh, to, to to see many of you back uh and we will be back on sunday following this match to kind of do our regular sunday pod uh this is just a little bonus uh preview uh for you all to kind of head into the weekend on um hopefully it's a long weekend for you and a fun weekend and premier league football is back which is great um and and we're excited about it uh Awfulannouncing.com's Joe Lucia joins me right after the break. Uh, that's it for for us. Todd at TC underscore Kasho. Uh, Dakota is at Dakota J Booth. I'm Andrew. I'm at A Stetka. Uh, we'll be joined by Joe right after the break. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here, and I'm joined by a man who is Manchester City obsessed, here to talk to us about this weekend's opening game. He writes for awfulannouncing.com. It's Joe Lucia. Joe, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us. It's going pretty well. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Looking forward to it today. Yeah, let's let's start. Let's knock out the the elephant in the room right off the bat. Um, Harry Kane, Manchester City, all the rumors swirling. How confident are you as a Manchester City fan that Harry Kane might actually join them this summer? Um, at the start of the week, I was probably 50-50, but as the time has gone on without further updates, my confidence level is really starting to uh, dip down. At this point, I don't think it's going to happen. It's just too much money, too little time. Uh, Spurs would probably need time to sign a replacement. City would need time to offload someone like Gabriel Jesus to uh, recoup some of the money needed to sign Kane. So at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and it seems to me like a team like City, and and you know them better than I do because you you follow them so much closer, but to me it would seem like, obviously with the loss of Sergio Aguero to to Barcelona, you know, they, there's obviously a need for a striker other than, than Jesus there, but it seems to me like the Erling Haaland, you know, uh, thing is going to happen here next year. At least that's the way it seems like. And it, it almost feels like you could pay a little bit less than you would need to for Harry Kane at this point. And if you wait a year, go after Haaland with the, with the buyout clause next year. Is that something that Manchester City fans kind of think would be even a better option than Kane at this point? Uh, yeah, probably. But the fact that he has that buyout means that like at least a dozen teams are probably going to be interested in him. So it's going to be a uh, tough situation for him to get on board. And plus the wage package with him is going to be out of control. Whereas with Kane, it might be a, a, a little more reasonable city doesn't like to break their wage structure for any one player because it'll set a uh, bad precedence going forward. But I think with the Halan thing, uh, Chelsea seemed to be the main suitor for him this summer, willing to pay that $150 million or whatever it was. But with them uh, coming close to the Lukaku deal, it doesn't look like they'll be in the mix for him this summer or next summer going forward. So that could open the door for a team like City to spend to their heart's content to get him in. And Madrid might not be an option with uh, Mbappe poised to go there like he has been for the last couple summers so it's going to be really interesting to see if they miss out on Kane if they pivot to the uh younger player next summer and 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 one last thing on Kane I mean this is my opinion I don't think it's really the opinion of of a lot of of other Spurs supporters but to me it seems like wouldn't you want a guy like Holland over a guy like Kane who not only is older but just has so much more wear on the tires with injury history and those kinds of things. I mean, look, I love Harry Kane as much as the next guy, obviously as a Spurs fan, but it seems like it would be the more logical choice, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. The money for Kane is just stupid. He's already what 29 now. That's uh, 
of signing for right now as opposed to signing for three years in the future. And if you give him a five-year deal by the back end of that contract, he could be not a guy who's playing every day. It could be like Aguero was last season. And right. I mean, that fee, man, that is just so much money for a guy that'll help out for two or three seasons. I mean, yeah, he fits the mold of what city wants so well, but at the same time, it's, it's a hefty price to pay for a guy who, I mean, he's going to miss some time. He's not going to be a signing for the long term. He's a short term signing. It really just, uh, it just does not seem like the ideal option, all things considered, compared to Halan next summer. But one of the reasons City are seemingly so interested in Kane and we're so interested in Grealish is they're kind of trying to think ahead with the possibility of uh, further Brexit restrictions being placed on rosters. And if you have all these English players in the fold, that is very valuable compared to having to uh, unload foreign players and replace them with lesser English players for similar fees. No, it, that's a it's a great point, and it's something that that Spurs have dealt with in the, in the last few years, especially just trying to meet the homegrown quotas and and things like that within the Premier League. Um, you you bring up Aguero, obviously, to Barcelona, and you bring up Jesus, who's kind of the the lone striker left at City, I, I would suppose, the lone senior striker that that is that is of note. Um, I guess you know. I know that Aguero was injured a lot last season and, and City didn't have any problem finding goals and obviously finding their way to the top of, of the Premier League. But but with Aguero now gone and Jesus kind of the only real talisman there, where do you think that the goals come from? Obviously, there's a lot of different places, but where's the main spot that you're expecting the goals to come from through the middle for City this year? Oh, man, that's a really tough option with what the team has in-house right now. I think Jesus actually best plays as a winger. The problem is City have so many wingers <laughs> like him that it's... It's, a, it's an easy problem to deal with, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a it's a uh, real surplus there. Uh, I actually think the guy who could get some time at striker if Kane or someone else isn't signed is Ferran Torres. Who was signed from Valencia last year? He started off on the wing and played decently, especially in the Champions League. But around the turn of the year, he had a COVID bout and he couldn't get back in the team. And after uh, the title was clinched, uh, Guardiola started kind of playing him through the middle as a striker, and he looked a lot better. And uh, he has a real uh, eye for goal. I think he could be the guy that ends up being a striker long term as opposed to a winger. Uh, but I mean, aside from him, you're looking at a guy like uh, Liam Delap, who's probably going to end up going out on loan. And I mean, that's it for like the pure strikers in the team, unless you want to like run someone like Sterling as a striker, which I don't think any of us really uh, want to do as more than a uh, short term type of thing. Yeah, another one of those guys who it seems like is better off out on the wing and 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 crossing balls in and making things happen that way. Um, speaking of the rest of the team, kind of you know, outside of just that one position, I mean. Similar to Spurs, City have a lot of guys coming back from a busy summer. You know, Ederson, Jesus, Sterling, I know Kyle Walker, John Stones, all guys that participated um, in either Euros or, or, or Copa or, or something this summer and, and all kind of have returned for the preseason really within like the last week or so. I know City gave some of those guys really an extended break. So 
What does it look like for this Sunday against Spurs? Are, are any of those guys going to be available? Do you feel like it's going to take some reacclimating and some time for those guys to get back up to speed uh, with such a short preseason? We can look at the lineup for the Community Shield against Leicester uh, this past weekend and take a lot away from that. I think like the back four is kind of set. Maybe Walker can come right in because he's a guy that doesn't seem to need much of a preseason. He can just drop right in and do his thing. Uh, Ederson, same way. He is a keeper that, I mean, once he's ready, I mean, just slot him in and he'll be great. Someone like Sterling, I think, is going to need more time. Uh, Stones might need more time as well, especially with uh, his injury history. Uh, Phil Foden's still not 100%. He suffered a knock going into the Euro final. He said he thinks he still needs three or four weeks to get back, so he won't be involved. Uh, I don't think Sterling will be involved either, just because he just got back to training in the last couple of days, and uh, it might just take an extra week for him to kind of get back up to it. So even though there are still a few key players missing, I think overall the team will still look pretty strong, even though some of those guys won't be in it. And and the other big name to note the, who who also took a knock obviously is Kevin De Bruyne at, at Euro. I mean, what is what is the latest on on De Bruyne? Obviously, I don't think he's going to be involved. It seems like he still needs more time as well. Yeah, I don't think he'll be involved either. Uh, he's back in training, but uh, it's not uh, a situation where you want to rush him back, especially with the history of like soft tissue injuries he's had. Uh, he's such a valuable part of the team that I think they're just going to take it as slow as they can with him. Maybe next weekend against Norwich will pop in, if not the week after against Arsenal. But this weekend, I would uh, I would assume he's a no-go. And I'm disappointed to hear you say you think Ederson will pop back. And I was hoping to see my my former Maryland Terrapin, Zach Steffen, maybe in goal. But uh, it sounds you, you think Ederson will be back as well. I mean, it's a coin flip because Steffen has looked really good when he plays. But, I mean, he's clearly the backup, but he's probably too good to be a backup at City at this point in time. So it's a situation where Ederson is like the clearly defined number one. And if he feels he's ready to go after just a couple of days of training, he'll be ready to go. If not, they'll start Stefan and he's proven to be capable when he does get starts in the past. I'll, I'll, I'll divert there for a second. You mentioned Stefan kind of almost being too good to be a backup at city. And obviously there's interest for us being Americans in Zach Stefan um, because he's the, you know, member of the U S uh, men's national team. What, what do you think is the future for Zach Stefan? Do you think he's eventually, you know, a number one at city or do you think he goes off somewhere and, and maybe starts at a lower tier premier league squad or, or, or somewhere overseas? If a guy like Aaron Ramsdale can get sold like in back-to-back summers for like $25 million a pop, I can't see a reason why Stefan wouldn't be able to get sold like that aside from the fact that he's not English. He is clearly up to it, and I think he would be an upgrade for plenty of the teams in the Premier League right now along with any of the other uh, top five clubs across Europe. But I think he's comfortable at City. I think City like him. I just uh, I just wonder if his ambitions are going to get in the way of him being a long-term backup because, I mean, Ederson's the guy. He has a, a very long-term contract, and City apparently want to give him another contract extension that'll take him through, I believe, a, the next seven years or something along those lines. So he's pretty well entrenched and uh, for Stefan's career to move on, I think he's going to have to move uh, eventually. It's just a question of if a team will be willing to pony up the uh, amount city would be looking for. 
Right on. That sounds that sounds about right to me too. So as a city fan, obviously a lot of domestic success in the last you know handful of years. Champions three out of the last four years. You don't you don't see dynasties like that since since really the the other team in Manchester back you know back in the day. Um, but obviously, what every city fan is is hoping for is is the European success. And obviously, the the Champions League heartbreak losing to Chelsea earlier this year. What it what is the kind of I guess the the expectation domestically, I would think, is win the league again, and and I, I would think many fans would would almost expect that. City are the favorites, but but in terms of the Champions League, you know, obviously PSG are are loaded, but for a City fan like yourself, what is what does it mean for for Europe, and what are the expectations there? And 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 in addition to that, what does it say for Pep Guardiola's kind of future with the club if they can't get it done in Europe? I mean, the expectation every year is to win the Champions League. Last year came so close. I mean, allowed, I think, a total of five goals in the entire 13-game run and didn't win the trophy, which is just horrible luck when you look at it that way. Uh, I think for Guardiola, he wants to win it again. He wants to... uh, kind of get that label of winning it without Messi because that's what the uh, detractors like to point at, even though, you know, there was so much going on with those Barcelona teams. It wasn't all messy. Uh, and as for his future, I mean, he signed through the end of next season. Uh, if he doesn't get burnt out, I can't see a reason why he wouldn't re up for another run. I think he would be uh up for that, especially with the uh, way they've spent so far on uh, Jack Grealish, among others, over the past couple of seasons. He's kind of making the team uh, built up again after uh, you know losing guys like Aguero and David Silva, Yaya Torre, the kind of uh, club legends that we've lost in the last few years. I think he's trying to uh, take us into a new era. And I think that no matter what happens with the Champions League, unless there's some kind of disaster where he goes out in, like, uh, the group stage, uh, I think he can look at all of the exits as kind of – I wouldn't say fluky, but aside from getting throttled by Liverpool that time, a lot of it was really just kind of hard luck. And uh, I don't think anyone really holds it too much against him aside from uh, the Lyon debacle. Yeah, that's and and trust me, if you're talking to a Spurs fan, if if anyone knows hard luck, it's it's Spurs fans. I uh, a Musa Sissoko handball in the box in a Champions League final would would have something to say about that for sure. Uh, looking ahead to this Sunday specifically, man, what do you what do you what's your outlook? I, I, you know, we didn't even really talk too much about Jack Grealish, but you know, do you expect hit that, a guy like that to start? Or I know he came off the bench in the Community Shield, and and kind of what are your expectations um, for specifically for Sunday? I would expect that you know City would be heavily favored and and probably expect the three points. But do you think anything less than that is is a disappointment? I mean, I don't really think so. I mean, I I wouldn't be happy with a draw, but I mean, I would be content with it, especially the fact that it is in London, not Manchester. That's always a uh, a a tough battle for city, uh, especially without, uh, De Bruyne and out without Foden, possibly without Sterling in the starting lineup. Uh, Grealish came on for the last like half hour of the community shield. I'm fully expecting him to start this weekend, especially with De Bruyne out. That'll kind of allow him and Gundogan to play side by side as the, uh, eights. That'll be a really fun to look at. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's a situation where City are still like missing that attacking threat. 
and I think they will struggle to score goals this weekend. I'm I'm going to say like one one. That seems kind of fair to me. I I would take it, man. Especially, I mean, it feels like um you know for, as a Spurs fan, this is kind of the time you want to be facing City when they've got a lot of guys kind of coming back from your uh, from from the summer rather and uh, you know recovering from things. And this is this is certainly the the time to get that point. And and as a Spurs fan, I can tell you right now, uh, I would certainly take it. Uh, Joe Lucia, uh, awfulannouncing.com. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, follow me on Twitter, Joe underscore TOC. That's uh, the usual soccer, baseball, football, the usual uh, topics du jour on Twitter. Yeah, we all we all enjoy it, and, and we all enjoy follow, following him there and, and reading his stuff at awfulannouncing.com. Joe, thanks so much for, for joining me on this one, and uh, maybe we can do it again down the road when these two teams meet again. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. That's going to do it for this edition of the Tottenham Depot. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. We will talk to you Sunday after the Manchester City match. Until then, as always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.